0: Come on in. I'm Lori Sheffa.
1: Hey, and I'm Garen Vandebeek. Welcome to our underground bunker located in an undisclosed location known only as Room 15.
0: It's undisclosed to protect the innocent.
1: And that would be us.
0: Ever wonder what Hollywood's biggest movie and TV hitmakers think about the ad campaigns behind their projects?
1: Well, we did too. As two creative marketing execs, we want to hear about it. All of it. The good, the bad. And, and the, the ugly. ugly. So let's lock the
0: door and let's begin. Let's
1: do it. The Room 15 Podcast with Garen Van and Lori Sheffer.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back. And hello, Garen.
1: And hello, Lori.
0: Can you smell it? Smell what? The fear.
1: Oh, seriously,
0: there's definitely a whiff of it in the air.
1: Yes, I you, can smell that.
0: You know why, right?
1: I'm afraid to ask why.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's upfront season. Uh, ah, yeah, right. It's horrible. Dreaded
1: upfront season. It's
0: hideous. Anyway, for people who don't know what that is, let me just give you a little backstory on that. It's the time of year when network television execs give Madison Avenue marketing execs an early sneak peek at the new fall shows. It comes in after months and months of intense development, strategy, Mm -hmm. negotiations, writing, casting, shooting, editing. Then based on cutdowns of pilots, the cutdowns are these shortened versions of pilots that people like we do, the promo people cut. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. advertising community watches these things and decides how many hundreds of millions of dollars they want to bet on the new fall shows. It's super intense. Super crazy and uh, a lot of money's on the line. Do you miss it? Is my question here. Uh,
1: that would be a no. Do not miss.
0: Not even a little?
1: No, not even a little.
0: Not even the shrimp at the after party?
1: Lori, I am allergic to shrimp. I don't. Why do you always forget this? It could kill (laughs) me.
0: I forget. I'm really sorry. You know, I know you've told me that before. And for some reason, it doesn't stick in my mind. Yeah, I
1: just like, you know, it's almost like I think about my safety. I know you just don't.
0: (laughs) Sorry. All right. All right.
1: Let's get let's get on to our uh, guest who's who's with us today. Um, Gracing our dingy room 15 bunker with his special brand of positive energy. Is our very good friend and former colleague, Danny Feldheim. Danny is the SVP of original content for Paramount Plus, which was with, of course, formerly CBS All Access. He has shepherded dramas like Star Trek Discovery and Picard, The Good Fight, The Stand, and the much anticipated making of the Godfather series. Can't wait to see that. He also led the streamers push into comedy with funny or dies, no activity, which we loved, although it was. Very dirty. Very
0: dirty. I learned a Very lot dirty. of bad words on that show. Yeah.
1: They, lot. They, yep. Yep. For sure. Um, also, of course, the, star, the uh, first Star Trek animated series ever called Star Trek Lower Decks and Stephen Colbert's Tuning Out the News. Before CBS, Danny worked in the drama department at Fox, where he helped develop 24 Legacy, The Exorcist, Rosewood, and Red Band Society, and then going way back. Danny spent his formative years at Nickelodeon, Brillstein Entertainment Partners, and ICM. All very impressive, of course, but what we love most about Danny is he's one of the most positive, enthusiastic, and just plain old fun executives we've ever worked with, and he's a true fan of great creative work. Ladies and gentlemen, Danny Feldheim.
2: Welcome. Cue the applause. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you. How you doing? I'll tell you, it's kind of cozy down here. (laughs) This is this is where my type of people hang out. Yeah, if
1: you don't if you don't mind bacteria, it's the perfect place to hang out.
2: Well, you
0: probably have had your boosters by now.
2: I've got shots. I've got flu shots and booster shots. (laughs) Bring it on. You're good. You're good. You're going to be safe. Uh,
0: Just wash your hands when you leave.
2: Yeah. uh so oh, thanks Garrett, for having
0: me, guys oh, hey it's our pleasure thanks for making time during this busy upfront period um so Garrett mentioned a few of the shows that we worked with you on like um you know because we we first met you when we were working on the launch of the good fight and twilight zone and no activity and all that good stuff mm-hmm. um here's the first question it's a softball question do you miss us <laughs> do you
1: only miss? Oh. about
2: five days a week
1: <laughs> ah, oh,
2: okay. okay. Saturdays no. and Sundays. Yeah, no, that's over.
1: your personal time. Totally. Yes.
2: Okay. No, I do. I, I do can miss accept you. that. Oh, that's nice of you. I will tell you guys. You know, you, you, you rattled off a lot of shows that are I think very fondly of, and we did work on together. But the the one that I actually, when I think back to our relationship and where it started, was one of our first original series called Strange Angel. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. I forgot and that. And that was a really. Uh, cool, different, unique yeah. series that uh, at the time, I mean, we loved the material just on its own, but that also for us was at a time we were trying to really distinguish ourselves from CBS network and trying to help mm-hmm. the consumer understand yeah. why, hey, here's a here's a service that you should pay for. This is not CBS. And it was kind of like, a, well, this, this really sends that message. It's about an occultist who also <laughs> yeah. was in a sex cult, uh, a sex cult rocket scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember kind of sitting with you and your huge team and having to walk you through the the worlds of this show. And right. you guys having primarily worked on CBS shows, I think were just bright eyed and also really excited to tackle a show different. Oh, hell
1: yeah. That. Rockets yeah. and sex. Are you kidding me?
0: Again, a dirty, <laughs> right dirty show. And I liked dirty having um, the ability to work on something that was a little more risque and edgy than our usual yeah. fare. It was really fun. I'd forgotten about that one. Yeah,
2: yeah. And you guys, you guys put out, you know, we, you, you worked up a lot of options for artwork and, and, and trailers and the trailer was spectacular. And the artwork was one that, you know, maybe we're getting ahead of the conversation here, but I remember the moment where it, it kind of, even though there were a lot of options, it boiled down to two. Mm-hmm. And I think one was a little, what I would call maybe safer, a little more traditional. Yeah. You know, single lead, square, like right on his face, mm-hmm. selling the concept. And then another that was more conceptual and really artistic. And I was so yeah. amazed by what you guys were able to to bring forward in that. And I was so in love with it. And yeah. powers that be ended up choosing the other and mm-hmm. you know, show that
0: that's why you point. have to have options and you have to have yeah. a range of you know here's the safe bet here's some more out there out of the mm-hmm. out of the box kind of choice and so you got it covered well, we but, found
2: and we found ways to use the yeah. um yeah the imagery of that other one but but anyway so i mean for all the ones that you know make it to the resume there's always the ones that you still love that you i think back on and was always impressed by what you guys were able to to, you know, mine from, from even those. So oh, yeah. thank you. that's nice. To yeah, hear that. That's
1: awesome. That's awesome. Well, listen, Danny, tell, for, for those um, people out there who are new to Danny Feldheim, tell mm. us your story. Um, how did you get into this business? We mentioned where you work, but what was the earliest thing you remember going like, I
2: think I want to get out there and yeah, I want to make, I make TV shows. Yeah. Uh, early for me, I was uh, just a, a, a lover of movies and television from, I mean, way too young of an age, you know, I remember mm-hmm. seeing Born on the 4th of July at an age where I probably shouldn't have been watching Born on the 4th of July uh-huh. and um, uh, just being moved by stories. And my my parents, uh, you know, are, were, are lovers of the arts and they were, you know, I was the youngest in a mm. family of, of, of five and they were divorced and many school nights turned into movie nights with whichever mm. parent I was with. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, May or may not have, you know, affected the, the, my grades, but it, it, it definitely mm-hmm. uh, improved my knowledge and encyclopedia like skills. And so mm-hmm. uh, when I was 12, I used to tell people I wanted to be a director. And I, I would wear like a leather vest and a beret, and I would. <laughs> I, 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 I would we have I would, to see a picture. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, I work very hard to make sure those pictures don't come out the it is uh, but um, but uh, but yeah. So I mean, I was always I was always interested in kind of telling stories, and um, I used to want to be in the movie business. You know, that was the like mm-hmm. that was the big. The dream and I, you know, I, I, I even moved out here years later, thinking I was working the movie business, and I just I never got there. I just mm-hmm. I I had made a quick pit stop in television, and it was right at a time where you know the golden age of TV was, was you know I would say another golden age of television, and uh, fell in love with you know what you could do in the in the TV space. But, yeah. but so you know, I, I grew up in uh, a suburb of Detroit, Michigan, mm-hmm. wanted to go to film school, but you know didn't really have the support to do that. You know, I think when Mm -hmm. you come from somewhere like the Midwest, and you don't have relationships in this business. Mm -hmm. You really, you think um, you have to be like one of the marquee names. You either have to be a Martin Scorsese or a Scott Rudin in order to make it in Hollywood. And you don't Mm -hmm. realize that there's an industry out here and you can be an amazing you know, costume designer, or a line mm-hmm. producer, or marketer, or you know, you can you can have your put your imprint on on stories and and uh, the entertainment without necessarily being you know uh, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. Although yeah, I still right. Do you want to be Leonardo DiCaprio? If that's an option. Oh, well,
1: you you, you um, definitely remind us of <laughs> Leo
2: for sure. <laughs> Thank Absolutely. You. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, it's just a shame this is a podcast. Um it is. Uh but um but so yeah, so that's so that's what really I mean it was it was always just what I was gonna do. Yeah. I moved out yeah. here and I got a job at an agency. Like you like you said, I I worked mm-hmm. at ICM and learned that, you know, that was a great place to just see the how information moves through this mm-hmm. business and uh, you know, where where things are sellable and not and you know, important names and information and, you know, all while, of course, just being a consumer, you know, and yeah. going mm-hmm. to movies, watching TV, reading books, comic books, whatever. And uh, I quickly learned I did not want to be an agent. Um, you kind of, you kind of, I think you get that feeling pretty quickly when you're at one of those agencies. And- My son
0: was at CAA Royale College and he, 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 he hung in there two years, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's brutal, yeah. but I and, I, and he, he learned very quickly as well. He didn't want to be an agent. I think it's, it's great though, because it's almost like you're getting a master's like, like you're learn you're working so hard and you're mm-hmm. juggling so many things. And when you leave those agencies, you're a great hire somewhere else. Like That's don't right. you agree? You're just like flying by the seat of your pants at those places.
2: I do. It, it, it is both tons of information by osmosis.
0: Yes. Um,
2: It also, you know, it's an amazing place to start a network. You know, you're an assistant at one of those places, or even if you're a young agent, you know, you're working with hundreds of people. And Mm. three years later, five years later, 15 years later, all of a sudden, those people are... All throughout the That's industry, right. or maybe they've even left the industry, and you have a great person to call when you're in Miami when you need a reservation at that restaurant <laughs> that you just opened. You know? It's like, but like you're going
0: through boot camp together, and you totally. never forget the people you went to boot camp with.
2: That's right. That's it's really right. really cool. And, yeah. um, and you know, and everybody's really you, you you try so hard to get into those places. You know, you think like, okay, I'm going to start at the bottom, so I'll just walk in the door at the bottom. Yeah. And even even there, it's really really hard, and you need an in to get there. And, you know, and, but did you,
1: did you have an in?
2: Not really. I, I mean, through a, through a friend of a friend, I took a meeting and, you know, I actually, I I left off at the beginning of this, but I, for like eight months in order to, to uh, I should say finance the move out to California, I had to get a a real job Mm -hmm. and I worked in uh, like commercial real estate, Mm -hmm. uh, typing up appraisal reports. And I worked you know, it was, solid job fresh out of college. wasn't at all what I wanted to do, but I finally built up the, you know, uh, you know, the, the strength to go to these guys who hired me to tell them, Hey, you don't know this, but like, I just used you to basically finance (laughs) my move out here. I want to go work in Hollywood. And they were like, you know, we'd love to help you. You're a great guy. And my wife used to be an agent at ICM like 15 years ago and let me see if she can help. And mm. that's, I mean, awesome. it, it was just somebody who got me into yeah. HR with like mm-hmm. the look at this person. Um, and then my Leonardo DiCaprio qualities. Yes, came exactly. out, you know? yes. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, They're mesmerized. <laughs> mesmerized. They couldn't decide whether to hire me or sign me. And yes. yes. Hire me. Um, no, but, um, so, so yeah, so, you know, that was what brought me out here. And then, very quickly, I did see I loved I loved this business. I wanted to work in it. I wanted to be a little more creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what led me to Brillston Entertainment Partners, but on the production company side where I was still an assistant, but you know, seeing the development process, seeing mm-hmm. what the market kind of is dictating, what's you know, what are the hot ideas, who are the hot writers, putting together mm-hmm. those lists and you know, and and also thinking about old titles, old things that oh what it what it you know i remember um one of my favorite movies it was a uh, uh uh mr destiny it was a mm-hmm. touchdown movie i think it's from the 80s and he you know he's like a he's, it's the, he's 39 years old and it's the eve of his 40th birthday and he is on his way home and he kind of has like a average workman like life and he stops off for a drink at this his car breaks down and he stops at a bar and there at this, like, weird bar is like Michael Caine, bartender who makes him this like magical potion drink. And when he drinks it and he walks out, his whole oh, and when he's at the bar, he's lamenting about it. If, if only he had hit a home run instead of strikeout in that mm. high school baseball game, his whole life would have been different, right? And then the movie is this kind of like sliding doors. I what love that, movie. I love and
0: something. it's
2: Renee Russo, and it's like mm. it's, it's a movie, and I just I was love that. And I remember, like, when I worked at Brillstein, we had an ABC deal and I was looking at titles and I was like, Mr. Destiny, like what a great idea yeah. for a TV show. And, you know, I never, we never really, I mean, we took, we heard some pitches on it, never even sold it. Maybe that'll be the next one that off of this podcast, you mm. just, you watch. There get you go. 5%. We get 5% um, of that. Yes. Uh, yeah. But that's where I started. I loved that part of a job, right? Yeah. Where it was like, Ooh, what, what mm-hmm. is aspirational? What's good? What feels like isn't in the marketplace right now? And, mm-hmm. um, and so I did that for a little bit, but then I was really just hungry to get promoted. And so I chased a job at Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. um, worked for an amazing woman there who actually pulled me aside after about six months and was like, you're amazing. And I think you should go work there and uh, actually sent me over to Fox, which is where I really started, I think my more formidable years as an executive and mm-hmm. uh, got to, I actually started out working for uh, the chairman of the company at the time, Kevin Riley. Which was a really cool role because in addition to obviously just being at the forefront of things, you actually, a lot of people who are creative execs like me, if you come up the more traditional way, you only see the, like, the little That's right. lane you're in. Mm-hmm. When you get to work for the chairman of a, a, a broadcast network and you you actually are seeing the marketing folks come in and showing mm-hmm. their upfront sizzles and that yep crazy week that you're still having nightmares about where you don't mm-hmm. sleep and yeah. you're cutting down trailers for shows that Ugh. aren't even going to get picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, you know, and, and publicity and, you know, finance and all of it. And, and, and then I, and then I got moved into drama and yeah, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind decade plus since then. And, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the most exciting and scary at the time move was to leave that and come start up a, at the time, was this like never heard of before? New streaming service with a, I'll say it, not amazing name, CBS mm-hmm. All Access. Well, that brings, <laughs> that,
0: that brings up my que- my next question, actually. Perfect segue. You know, yeah. you were one of the early hires at CBS All Access back in uh, was it 2016? Is that when mm-hmm. you started? Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. And then at, at the end of 2019 viacom and cbs merged and all hell broke loose let's just say what it is it all broke <laughs> yeah. loose yeah and then all access was just recently rebranded um as paramount plus so that's right my question is what di- distinguishes in your opinion what distinguishes paramount plus from all the other streamers because i know that it's still an up-and-comer but what do you what, what do you think it makes it special and different
2: News, sports, and a mountain of entertainment. Oh, uh, oh, uh, wow! You're uh, so out the wow! Uh, no, I mean, so but but, but, and, uh, <laughs> but
1: that but it is true. There's a truth that is now. true. I mean,
2: yeah. you know, Viacom and CBS uh, bring with them some pretty legacy amazing brands. You know, and you know, in CBS, you do you get a Hallmark Network that for the whole country means something, you know, and Mm -hmm. whether that's March Madness basketball, the Masters, Mm -hmm. NCIS, you know, the Grammys, like it is a staple in families and has been for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, and then of course with Viacom and their incredible, you you know, slew of cable channels from MTV, Kids Programming and Nickelodeon, you know, and then, of course, the, you know, the legacy of Paramount Pictures and Paramount Films and, and what yeah. that means. I mean, there really is like, you know, for, for a marketplace that is so um, busy mm-hmm. and, you, and a consumer that has to decide, okay, how many of these nine ninety nines a month do I want right. to tolerate? You know, I think, I think CBS, if we had something you had to have, then we got you. Mm-hmm. But otherwise it was hard to break through. I, you know, I really think with, um, with Paramount plus we start to really cross into a place of there's a, we offer a lot, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, a, mo- a movie catalog that in and of itself is worthwhile, you mm-hmm. know, and then you factor in if you got young kids and, you know, I have a five-year-old Paw Patrol since it dropped, it hasn't stopped on my TV, right? Like that has gotcha. like become a staple for us that mm-hmm. when we were receiving us all access, you know, like our strategy guys would pick up some, you know, some li- they would license some kid stuff, mm-hmm. but not like brands like Paw Patrol.
1: You yeah, know, and what super popular, it's, it's big, kinda like big it's brands. The, it's kind of yeah.
0: like it's the broadcasting of streamers because it's got broad appeal. It's got every single demographic. Got a little bit covered, of everything. A little bit of everything, especially yeah, the commercials. I think that's a yeah. very, bit, very good selling point.
2: Do and you that goes into? Sorry, Garen, but I'll just go say go that goes mm-hmm. a lot into. I think our at least my division, right. I'm not going to speak for every, but, but for the original series team, Mm -hmm. you know, we are looking for those big commercial tent pole, still premium, you know, still warrants being behind a paywall, Mm -hmm. but, but yes, in that kind of, you know, I I think in many ways, sometimes broad broadcast gets like a, has a negative connotation for people Mm -hmm. in our business. I don't know why you know, broadly appealing is a good thing. Yeah. You know? So, too, yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I do think that there's an element of that. However, that's not to say we're not, we are doing some things that are really cool, really edgy. You would mm-hmm. never in a million years see on a broadcast channel, but that's why I think we're special is that it's, it's a little bit of everything for okay. everybody.
1: That's now, now, now that that, that the merger has happened. And since you're in development, have you found having that extra muscle um, is it easier to go after bigger stars now for projects and things like that? Has that helped? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's game changer. And and it and it kind of happened overnight, you know, to be really honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I the, when we announced that we were going to be, going to be rebranded as Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. you know, I got, I remember there was a specific call I got from an agent who I talked to all the time, who was basically, hey, last weekend we went out with this, Pitch with this A list movie star, this movie director. You weren't on the original list for people, but in light of this news, mm-hmm. they reached out and were like, hey, we're going send this to Paramount Plus as well. So, you know, I just think that there is you know, talent when they want to, you know, I, I think the challenge, and you guys were at the forefront of this, was CBS All Access actually was premium. It really was something that we were putting the resources into and anybody mm-hmm. who would work on one of those things, I think in the end would look back and th- think of it very fondly or proudly. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't less than, right. but I think that there was just a hurdle there for a lot of people who just yeah. were like, what, it, what is that? Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. Paramount plus finally broke through in a way where it was like, Oh, Oh, okay. So this is going to be like a Hulu or an Amazon or a Netflix, but all of the Viacom CBS brands mm-hmm. and, and yeah. And so, uh, you know, even as it relates to things that we develop and then we go cast them, you know, and it's like you have your, like, you know, your dream list of actors. Right. Mm-hmm. We, when we were CBS All Access, we were finding ourselves way down that list mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, whereas at Paramount Plus, I mean, we've been very fortunate to, I think even in this just one year, attract major talent, you know, mm-hmm. the God, the, the, you know, the offer, the making of yeah. the Godfather piece that, you know, is directed by Dexter Fletcher, who's a plus director, Miles Teller, Juno Temple. Like that is a, you know, it's a cast as good as anything out mm-hmm. there, I think, today, that I don't know that we would have, even if we were willing to spend, I don't know that we would have gotten early mm-hmm. days all access.
1: Interesting. What do
0: you what do you guys have coming up that you're you mentioned the the Godfather thing? What else are you excited about? I, I was reading that um the Kings, Michelle and Robert King, who I'm a big yes. fan of their work. I yes. love the Good Wife and Good Fight and Evil and all that good stuff. But they have one called Happy Face coming out. Do you know when that's coming out specifically yet? Or is uh, it just- no,
2: no, no. I mean we um, we have a, we have a bunch of really good scripts on that. Okay, we're in the process of casting it. You know, as as we've learned in this business, you. have if you, if you plan a a distribution plan too soon, you'll just get laughed in the face. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, because, you know, you might find out, oh, we can get some amazing actress to play our lead, but you can't shoot for nine months, you know? And I think then we have to weigh the, how quickly and badly do we want this on versus, is it worth waiting? And usually for the right person, it's worth, it's worth waiting. So, so that, that show, I, I mean, I would, I would think would probably be if we could at the end of next year, but Totally, mm-hmm. totally no real. The end of 2022. Yeah. Um, you know, shows that are coming out, you know, a few that I would just highlight that I'm really excited about here in 22. Um, you know, as you guys know and you were a huge part of, we've we've expanded on the Star Trek universe. Yeah. We started with Discovery, we have Picard, Lower Decks. We also, of course, um Nickelodeon has done Star Trek Prodigy, which is you know geared to kids. Mm-hmm. Um but we are coming out with uh, strange new worlds, which is of all of the shows we're doing of the last five years, I think kind of the closest to the DNA of old Trek. Of oh really? The original series. It mm. is, it is episodic stories, exploration mm-hmm. with, you know, larger character arcs. Um, but yet done in this, golden age of premium television so we're Mm -hmm. spending big bucks it looks amazing the actors Mm -hmm. are I mean blow my mind how good they are um and but yet it you know each episode really takes you to a different world Mm. a different tone an interesting allegory about the world we're in today and I am just so proud of you know Secret Hideout and the producing team and our showrunners of that and I think that show you know There's always been the barrier of like, okay, you know, you're going to get a Star Trek viewer, even if they're going to complain about it or tweet about it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll probably show up or at least check it out. Mm -hmm. This one, I, you know, maybe I'm just dreaming, but I just really feels like it could open up the doors for a new viewer. It's it's not heavy sci-fi. I mean, of course it is sci-fi, but it's really... It's just it's uh, good stories. Really, it's really is good stories and um, and looks great. Uh, another one that I think is so cool and I'm really excited about. and Maybe mm-hmm. it was an interesting thing to talk about with you guys because it, I think the marketing will be a huge part of this. Mm-hmm. Is we are doing a show called Players, and it's uh, from the creators of a show that won a Peabody for Netflix called American Vandal um oh, if you guys remember, remember. American Vandal I, I yeah. didn't
0: watch it but I do remember the
2: marketing of that that's right that's right it was billboards that had penises yes on it. again dirty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um but uh no um I mean there are like outlines of penises but yes get it. um, I, yeah, um but-, but no uh you guys always find a way to hide it in the marketing you know yes the, um, Hi- it's
1: called it's called hiding the weenie in
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow sorry <laughs> it's not just the listeners even even the <laughs> guest is learning that's again. right um no um so Tony Yacinda and Dan Peralta who created that show who that was their first thing and I mean like, like I said I mean it won a Peabody it became a a, a a cultural defining show uh this is one of their this is really their next big original series and it it kind of like that was a love letter to true crime. Mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is, but, but scripted and fictional, this is the same thing, but to like the world of a sports documentary okay. um, and is kind of like a little bit of a send up to uh, Michael Jordan's the last dance. Oh, cool. um, but like it's set in the world of e and video games specifically Mm -hmm. uh a very popular game called league of legends Mm. um and so it it kind of chronicles the story of this one team a fictitious team but in the real world of league of legends and and kind of their pursuit to win their first coveted league of uh, uh uh league championship series lcs so it's it has like a sports documentary format and vibe to it but it totally you know uses that as a way in but then just sells you on amazing funny characters um and you know i think i believe we believe a lot in Tony and Dan it's also a, from a producing team that you know a couple of producing teams that know what they're doing mm-hmm. and then on top of that we have riot games who is the mm-hmm. owner of of the legends mm-hmm. as partners in it and so it 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 has that authenticity mm-hmm. um and and you know and then And then it's just, it's just funny and great. And, Mm. you know, it doesn't hurt that in a world where you're like, how do you get people to show up? You know, I think if I remember the stat correctly, like 22 million people a day stream League of Legends globally. So if, you know, if we could pick off just a small subset of, and it was only them. It'd be pretty good business. Now, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. I love about what Tony and Dan do and my hope, and and this is where I think the marketing will play a big part of it. And it's like, okay, but how do we broaden it out? And Because yeah. we spent so much time and the guys spent so much time in making it feel authentic to the viewers who will be like, who are coming because they play that game 12 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. But then for somebody who's never heard of it, be able to sit down and go like Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, you don't have mm-hmm. to watch men's soccer to, uh, you know, love to, right. to love Ted Lasso. And, yeah. you know, and and I think the marketing, and I would go back to that first season, but like they didn't lean into the soccer. They leaned into the character and the emotion right. and the tone. And yeah. so I think that's a little bit of what we have to do on this. Mm-hmm. We cast it with like all discoveries, but uh, mm. that'll be cool. Um, gosh, what else? I mean- that's just that's a
1: few you 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 oh you, that's you, that's great that's great I mean that grief, kind of we've
2: got Greece and yeah go ahead sorry. yeah Greece, Greece
1: and oh yeah that's gonna be fun I I, I was just gonna ask you know um, since since we are a marketing podcast yes um, yes you know do you when you're looking at the marketing for Paramount Plus and you're you know you're you're up against the the Hulus and the Netflix you're up against all the giants giants out there like how 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 does marketing make enough noise for paramount plus like when you're approaching when you're looking at something that's being presented to you do you think about that like is this like big enough for people to really notice is it big I mean, enough to? you know compete?
0: netflix has just buckets of gold to mm-hmm. spend on their yeah. marketing placements yeah. and, and billboards and all their stuff that they do how, how how do you compete with that how do you how do you stand out it's a good question
2: i mean it's the it's the it's the it's everything. And it's, it's really hard. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I think to like what we were talking about maybe 10 minutes ago and about that we're a little bit of everything for everybody Mm -hmm. is what also makes the answer to your question really hard because to try to find some type of unifying or connective tissue Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. like all ties back to your brand is really hard when you could be marketing, uh, an adult thing, a kids' thing, a movie, you know, unscripted. Um, I think, you know, and I can't this is where I'm totally out of my element because I'm not a marketer. i'm I, I'm in awe of people like you and 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 how you have an eye for those things. but but I think, you know there's certain things. I mean, I think there's there's definitely the hope that it just in general, breaks through and goes, okay, that looks cool and different. Well, and word of mouth,
0: word of mouth. Yeah, I word always say mouth. is one of the best marketing things that you can ever have.
2: But I've also, you know, I've, I've noticed and like, by the way, you're going to you guys are going to totally bust me for my lack of terminology here. But like, you know, yeah. even just the, the, um, you know, I've noticed that all of our, all of our billboards are framed, you know, with this. Yeah. Yes. In Paramount
1: and, plus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: The Paramount plus, but it's, mm-hmm. it's bordered and, and whether or not it's, Star Trek Prodigy, Mm -hmm. or Guilty Party, Mm -hmm. or Mayor of Kingstown, or, you know, or unscripted, whatever, it all has that. So I think Mm -hmm. that that, you know, from a, from a key art billboard standpoint, you know, it all ties back to that mountain, you know? Um, Yeah, yeah,
1: it, it, it definitely helps brand because, you know, so often that was an idea that, that I always thought about trying for the actual CBS network because so many of these billboards are interchangeable. The only thing that, that, you know, you know, who is on is a little logo at the bottom. And, you know, was there another way that you can really brand um, brand that content? So people know where to find this stuff. And I think using that framework for Paramount plus is, is a great idea. It also makes your key art slightly smaller which i don't like you know so that's sometimes you're you're kind of giving up possibly some of the impact the visual impact but for a new frame. for, a new, but for new, new service it's definitely. probably
2: the, it's the right move I that's a good point Darren. and it also you know to the extent that you're looking at a color palette it's also a thing that needs to be balanced you know right. and yeah. you know because it's it, it's it's eye catching, but also in some ways, where it's like you know, I, I, some of our billboards are like, ooh, that you know, like that was so dark and moody and intentional, right. and then it's got this like it you got know, this bright blame. frame
1: around it, sure, right? So yeah, um,
2: so that's you know, but I I think you know, the a lot of the I, I have found that you know, there's still there's there's a lot of different swings at it, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, you know, some of the stuff works better than others, but if the shows are good and people start talking about them, that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's the best where you want to be. Well, how yeah. do you,
0: um, how do you attract the big time producers? I know it was a bit of a struggle probably at the early days of CBS all access. Um, but, you know, you were able to get people like Alex Kurtzman and Jordan Peele mm-hmm. and people of that sort. I'm wondering, wh- was the move to give them a little bit more control or input into the marketing campaigns? Is that how you got that level of talent to, come over to an up and coming streamer at the beginning? It's Probably not so hard anymore. To get those notes, um, Well,
2: we definitely, as, as you guys know, because you were the collaborative people who were willing to do it um, and kind of change some standard practices mm-hmm. to adjust mm-hmm. for those two. I mean, every, every project and every producer is different. I mean, you know, listen, Jordan Peele, that was because he wanted to do Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We owned the Twilight Zone. So that guy coming off of you know his first movie wins an Oscar. You know, he could literally pick anything he wants. He picked us because he made get out because of his love for Twilight Zone. Yeah. And so I see, I you know, see. so so that so that that was why we were so fortunate to work work with them. Um, you know, Kurtzman obviously had been a heavy hitter for you know, he he and his partner at the time had, you know, been at a different studio and then they moved over and then Alex really ended up delivering big time for CBS and put show after show on the broadcast network. And I think earned the admiration and trust of mm-hmm. our colleagues who, mm-hmm. you know, have a lot of pressure on them, you know, and, and all of a sudden here's a guy who just is delivering. And so, you know, and then, and then he as a, he, you know, Alex had similarly, I mean, he and his partner had written the the Star Trek feature that kind of relaunched the movie franchise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so when it was like, hey, we're starting a streaming service. What if we, you know, what if we use this IP coveted to help launch and drive people to the service? There was no more obvious of a choice than than Alex. Um, And then once you work with those guys and, you know, you know, again, I don't want to speak like an expert, but I think traditionally when it was like four broadcast networks, it was the marketers, the creative execs, like they knew their audience, they knew their outlet. And it was like, you guys are, of course, making the show. You're the creative brain trust. But when it comes to how to speak to the people who are going to come watch the shows here, we know our audience. We know the the places where we're going to target them. Mm -hmm. We know what catches their eyes during a football game or during the Grammys or whatever. Um, And I think as our business has changed, you know, people now, they actually don't go to channels. They go to where their creators go to. They can Mm -hmm. just keyword search it on an Apple TV. And so, you know, I mean, when I first moved out here, nobody knew what the term showrunner was, Mm -hmm. you know, now you can walk down the street and 95 out of a hundred people could tell you what a showrunner is. I just think that like, like the, the and so nowadays, I think people they come out for their sh- people's shows, and therefore, when those people are making the shows, they they should have a little bit more of a, a say in terms of, you know, I don't think it should be totally their choice. And at the end of the day, I think the people who are financing the show and you know, should you know, and who are going to be standing behind it and and you know, should make that final decision. but i it always one of the reasons why I so appreciated you guys from a very early stage was because, You very quickly were open and willing to bring, you know, those strong opinions to the table and hear them out, work with them and, you know, still do what you guys do and and take the note and then find the way that it fits. But, um, you know, I think that that, you know, that and you guys doing that is to really answer your question, Lori, Mm -hmm. is what then attracts people. The collaborative
0: collaborative spirit that they they know that that they're they're going to
2: get. The creative community yeah. talks and they say, mm-hmm. you know what, right. like they, they, the show worked, it didn't work, but they like, let my vision be realized. Mm-hmm. They let me, mm-hmm. they let,
0: they let me be heard and they took my, my opinion into account and they tried to make it work. And therefore it was a pleasant experience. And,
1: well, and also yeah, I just I think get. as marketers, you know, these, the, you know, as a marketing person, you want to understand why they're a fan of, of the material. Right. And, Uh you know, like whether, you know, I can't say that I was a Trekkie, but so listening to Alex talk impassionedly about um, the Star Trek universe and why it meant so much to him and what they're trying to do and what they're trying to reinvent, that is inspiring for us. Well, I'll
0: tell you what really inspired me, not being a Trekkie either, was when Patrick Stewart came in. Mm, and, yeah, at,
2: for sure. And
0: sat down at a conference room table on the Radford lot <laughs> and spoke for an hour
2: mm-hmm. plus
0: about why he came back to this at his age. And you're just sitting there going, oh, I'm a believer. You know, at the end of it, you're in love with this. You well, know, he he, he so can like, great. he can like
1: ask where
2: the bathroom is. He can and I'm, just, like, I'm like, I'm like,
1: oh, my God, that was amazing. Yeah. yeah I, so.
2: I remember that meeting you guys were talking about and he, I was so worried that he had lost his train of thought because he was all of a sudden he's telling a story about being a little boy and you're like, Oh, I thought oh, it was fascinating. And then all of a sudden he sticks the landing yeah. and you're
0: just
1: like, I know y'all you're amazing. Was,
0: he, he had a whole thing where he went full circle back yeah. to the point And you're like, I don't know where this is going, but I'm really enjoying the ride. Yeah. And at the um, end he nails it. And you're like, Oh my God, that was so yeah. brilliant.
2: You know, the other thing that's so unrealistic and unfair of of what you guys as marketers in that broadcast machine have to do is, you are marketing a show, you're making a trailer, key art, assets off of one pilot that very well may change 30% because you learned something from it. None of the other material has been written yet. No other writers have come into a writer's room. The shows that we're making and streaming, They're straight to series for the most part, and by the time they're come, we're coming to you with an episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're somewhere in the middle of shooting the fourth or fifth. Mm -hmm. We've seen rough cuts of two and three, and those creators, and frankly, everybody knows so much more about the show, and so it it really does speak to why at that point it's meaningful. Whereas, you know, I've been as a creative exec in the you know. the the balcony of the beacon theater, you know, with next to the creator who's seeing their show's trailer for the first time. And it's, it's intense, right? Because Mm -hmm. like you guys are working off of the best you can. Also Mm -hmm. you're getting notes from your, you know, your colleagues to say, okay, make it more of this, more of that. Um, But that doesn't always necessarily isn't where maybe in the writer's heads it's going. And so Mm -hmm. it's. Oh, believe me. Oh, believe me. We
0: understand (laughs) this because Garen and I, You know, the CBS up front traditionally would be before COVID. It was always at Carnegie Hall. And we would be up in the the third balcony watching all the stuff that we've been working on for several weeks, trailers for all these pilots, knowing full well that the actors and producers and showrunners and writers were all sitting down below. And Mm -hmm. after that event, we would be seeing those same people at a party Mm -hmm. where we got all that shrimp.
2: Darren, Darren's choking on a shrimp. Yep. Yeah. Literally yep. Having a reaction.
0: I'm, I'm epi-pitting him <laughs> in the heart. Yep. And, but you don't know if they liked it or not. And sometimes mm-hmm. you'd walk up to them and go, hi, I'm so-and-so. And when we were in the marketing department and they'd be like, oh my God, I love what you did with my show. Mm-hmm. Others.
1: And then sometimes it was like
0: cold yeah. shoulder and you knew right cold then and there shoulder. like they did mm-hmm. not they didn't have the same vision that we did and just kind of mosey on away from them and stay away from them the rest of yeah. the day. yeah yeah but it's it's pretty uh it's pretty crazy no
1: it's it's crazy it's a, that's how that i i, I like working on the streaming stuff so much better just because you do have yeah. a lot more content. You do know where the series is going. And you, have, you
0: could talk to them in advance. And you could
1: talk to them in advance. And as opposed to in the middle of the night, you're getting, you know, 20 minutes of a 30 minute comedy and and you just make your own decisions. You're you're just on your own. You think, totally. you, you know, and it's 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 wild. It's definitely it's wild. You know, I I think I probably know how you feel, but um, you know, overall, how important is marketing when it comes to your projects?
0: Do you do you say it, it's the it's 50% of the success or failure or 75. Mm. Well,
2: I've never been never been good at math, but uh, <laughs> none of us uh, have. That's why
0: no. we do. Too. That's, why we, <laughs>
2: that's, why, that's why we do what we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I yeah, like I like 50 That sounds mm-hmm. fair. I mean, mm-hmm. in a in a world where you have to cut through the fog, the best fog cutting tool is a kick ass trailer or right. a key art that just makes you go, "Holy shit! <laughs> they did mm-hmm. they did what? Yeah. You know?" And that's where sort of something that I think some of our competitors have done really interestingly. Well, like, you know, I, I, I remember the first time I saw a Netflix is a joke billboard. You know, oh, and yeah. I was like, that was a good one. Wait, what? Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking? Like, What? This is a prank. This is like the time mm-hmm. when somebody put up hot uh, and said, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. like this has got to mm-hmm. be somebody mess. And then it was like, Oh no, Netflix is just, they got us talking. And then, and then a week later it was Jerry Seinfeld special and we were all paying attention, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so you know, so that I, I think I think a lot a lot goes on that at the end of the day, if a show's great and people are talking about it, that that can that can override or overrule marketing that maybe didn't get it through. But um, mm-hmm. you know, and also now listen, nowadays with the people that were attracting, you know, you guys when you started in television, TV made stars you know, like mm-hmm. now we're in a business where we're trying to convince ourselves that stars can make our TV shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's you know, one. and, 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 and and I actually think that there is a certain cut of talent that that works for, you know, and mm-hmm. when Reese Witherspoon or Nicole Kidman, or, sure. you know, like certain people, are, okay, yeah. I'm going to check it out. I remember the first time I saw that first true detective billboard and it was Woody Harrelson mm-hmm. and Matt McConaughey. And I was like, stop the show. They got those guys to do a series. Um, But outside of that, I mean, I think, you know, I think, you know, the marketing can only do so much, Mm -hmm. you know, a billboard can only do so much and the show's got to be good. I mean, the other really hard thing about our business right now, and it's, it it stinks, but it's like, because there's so much out there and there's so much being offered. Yes. It could take weeks, months Mm -hmm. for people to find a show.
0: A lot of people, and I—I'll speak for myself. A lot of us will wait and see if it's going to actually make it to a, a full season before I can invest my time. And I'd rather wait and let it binge as opposed to sitting there week after week waiting. And and a yeah, lot of a times we're thing. not
2: making our decision, I mean, if we're going to make more episodes until we see if right have people come to it, have people clicked through. You know, right. I think less less about how many people and more you know, of the people that came, did they watch the eight episodes that we, we dropped? Yeah. Did they stop after three? But, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's a catch 22, you know, you need people to justify the spend. And yet I even think about like some of the best, show, you know, like, listen, I, I love breaking bad. I didn't start watching it until the third season, Me yeah. too. you know, Me too. you know, nowadays shows don't go three seasons, even when they're great. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of these streaming places, they just want new new tiles, more than more episodes inside of a tile. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, back to your question, Garen, marketing is really important. It's also, you know, sorry to all the listeners and and to you guys, but it's also often like the easiest target for why it didn't work. Right. You know, mm-hmm. even when it's not actually the marketing, it's just like, oh, let's just blame these people. But, yeah, right. they, they came in. Uh, like, thank
1: you. Thank you for admitting that, Danny. Yeah, that, that means a that, lot. That's,
2: yeah, that does mean a lot. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I can it's stop
0: going miracle. to therapy now. For- <laughs> I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew I was being uh, targeted for no
2: reason. Uh, um, but you know, but so <laughs> you know, and 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 yet when it does work, then it's the show's amazing. It's never the yeah. that's so, we yeah. never you um,
0: never get the deal. so you never um, get the credit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, guys, just so you know, I was asked to come here. This is all for you. This is, you. <laughs> this is really making me feel so much better. Um,
1: Thank
0: you for that. That's why you're here, Danny. You're positive. You like us. You say no to <laughs> us. But now, now it's time for a segment we call Finish That Sentence.
2: that sentence. Oh, boy.
0: I know. Just a great way for our listeners to get to know you a little better. Did you, did you tell tidbits. Danny
1: about that we were going to do this or this? No, this, I didn't want him to blow this off. I wanted him okay, to show up. Okay, so, good. Sorry, okay. Danny.
0: Surprise. Um, so here's how it works. We're going to start a sentence and you just have to finish it. It's really simple. You don't think about it. You just say the first thing that pops into your head. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. okay. You, look, you look worried. Um, <laughs> I'm blushing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll start us off. Okay. First one. If I had known there was a segment called finish that sentence, I
2: still would have showed up today. Oh, God. See, we told you. People. I love him. He's so nice. So nice.
1: Um, how about this one? If I wasn't in the entertainment industry, I would be professional gambler. <laughs> ah, interesting. <laughs> ah,
0: it's kind of what you are doing when you think about it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um, all right. My secret sauce that no one else has is
2: Midwestern roots and a positive attitude. Not I a lot don't. of people out here have that. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. I
1: like that. Yeah, I'm with you. This one is uh, more personal, but uh, my favorite ice cream flavor is.
2: Cookies and cream. <laughs> oh. Wow. Just like that. I just had some last night. That's why. I was talking <laughs> about...
0: As soon as I get out of this uncomfortably dark underground room, I'm going to.
2: Take my family to dinner. My dad's in town for his 75th birthday. Oh, happy yay.
1: Tell them happy, awesome. happy birthday, dad. Happy birthday. Happy
2: birthday. Um,
1: if I could do one thing over in my career, I would.
2: <laughs> Come on, be uh,
1: honest. I, be honest.
2: I, uh, oof! would have stopped stressing so much about reading every single script out that weekend. Mm.
1: Good answer. Boom. The, the mm. job
2: I really
0: wish I had is?
2: Uh, Your assistant. <laughs> no you do no, not just want that oh my god uh, i hope you're no. i hope you're talking to garen because you don't want to be my sister. <laughs> no i will i joke aside i, I kind of feel like i'm i i sit in a seat that is is my dream job i get to be creative but yeah i don't have to lose sleep over it
1: like some of these creators awesome. do yeah okay. yeah um my go-to karaoke song is kodachrome paul simon oh interesting
2: Yeah, everybody's really disappointed when I put it on, but I fucking love it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The most embarrassing moment I've ever had was when
2: Uh, I won an award at Fox in front of the whole company and my boss of a year called me Feldman instead of Feldman. (laughs) I love it. I love love it. it. I mean, like I worked for him for a year and a half and he butchered it in front of the whole (laughs) company. It's not the first time, but just I get I don't it know. too. I get it too. I got angry. I was angry when. Oh, I did. look! Look, I'm a Vanderp. Like yeah,
1: we all we all get that. <laughs> um, how about this one? My number one mentor in the business has
2: been um, Susanna Makos. Who's she that? She runs comedy at HBO Max. Mm. I don't really think of her as a mentor as much as a friend who I just go to for advice, and usually she gives me good advice. Right. I guess My... that's a mentor. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> Um, my signature cocktail that I always order at the bar is.
2: I'm pretty boring. I get an old fashioned mm. rye. That's yeah.
1: okay. Kind of a kind of a classic um, throwback drink. That's I know awesome. what Garen's right. is. Yeah. Jack, and Coke.
0: Right. Jack and Coke for Garrett.
1: Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, Lori, Lori likes the uh, espresso martinis. Mm-hmm. Actually, Lori likes just a bottle of vodka to her <laughs> mouth. Anything <laughs> that's
2: combined with the vodka works for me usually. Yeah. Now um, I'm understanding why this bunker smells the way it does.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I spilled a little earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. We're, oh, how about this one? The show that got away, but kind of the one show that you thought, oh my God, I should have bought or oh my God, it got away is.
2: Real quick anecdote, but it's uh, the this is us. I my last year at Fox, oh. we were we. um mm. Dan Fogelman had yep. just done a big new overall deal at Twentieth Century Fox, and he had a, he had written a script like a spec, and he had a pitch, and we got to read the spec, and then decide did we want that spec or did we want to hear his pitch about the first ever female baseball player? And the spec the spec was called Thirty Six, and it was about these three siblings, and it was this whole thing, and mm. it was like. Really great script. And you're like, ah, parenthood's barely breaking Mm -hmm. through. It's getting Mm -hmm. like a 0.8. And this is like Mm -hmm. a family soap. We should go with the show about the female baseball player. So we passed on 36 and we did a show called Pitch. And 36 went to NBC and became This Is Us.
0: Unbelievable. I love stories like that. I love hearing those stories. (laughs) Okay. Here's the last one, Danny. The Room 15 podcast is...
2: Fun. (laughs) There you go. Not nearly daunting. Not news we were, daunting. We were, we
1: were expecting painful, um, you know, itchy. I don't know something.
0: Congrats, you did a good job uh, you know on that. Jeans
1: you all good. day is the painful part. A There's no job. prize,
0: guys, but we appreciate you staying, staying with us. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all <laughs> the time we have. That's Danny. all the
1: time we have for Danny. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is great. It's so I it's all down. oh god, no! It's so <laughs> fun, like you know, because. We we know you from a business standpoint, but when you really get to sit down for 45 minutes and talk to somebody, you learn a lot. And all this did was make me uh, like you even more than we already Aww. do. So that's how we
2: feel. So do you
0: have any last words before we kick you out of the door?
2: Um, I think, you know, everybody, I hope everybody these last couple of years has been pretty hard. But hopefully, mm-hmm. in it, people are still being entertained, finding a desire to entertain people, mm-hmm. um, and I hope we can, you know, just get back to making TV shows that mm-hmm. are a little less expensive. And uh, <laughs> you know, I hope this goes on a lot longer. You know, it's a scary time, and the business is changing. But I do really think that while there's people out there who work hard and want to be entertained, there's a need to to serve them up really good content. So, mm-hmm.
0: all right, then. Um, well, yeah. Thank you. Thank so back you, to me. that. Thank it's you, Danny. Awesome. And you yep. know, I also want to do a special thank you to um, some of our fans out there. We have people mm. out there from St. Augustine. We August. have fans. We do. We have actual fans. Wow. I want to yeah. do a shout out to St. Augustine, Florida,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Grand Rapids, Michigan, Bristol, Rhode Island.
1: Mm-hmm. And Hello hello that's the one action i do that's it we see yeah. you guys
0: in england coventry england thank you for listening
1: wow coventry england. yeah
0: we got people in almost yeah. every continent that's great yeah we do yeah. actually it's it pretty yeah. cool i don't know how in yeah. the world they found us but that's Mm-mm. pretty cool well so, they probably all
2: have a spec script that they want to
0: send
1: me now. so <laughs> probably you're probably it's
0: right we'll send them your email address <laughs> uh, oh, all right so until you. next time guys thanks for yeah, listening bye thank you danny thanks danny talk to <laughs>
1: you later